The recording has started. We are live. <laughs> we are live for our Wednesday Wisdom and we have absolutely so many ideas about what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to handball that to Thomas to what our Wednesday Wisdom is. Wednesday Wisdom. Okay. The thing that comes to mind is perhaps embracing change. Nice. And also making the change when you don't feel in alignment with things, which is, I was thinking about this this morning, all the things that I've basically quit over the last three years. Mm. So I think about things that used to really light me up that I no longer felt aligned with. So I decided to quit them. So cricket being one of them, when I was um, growing up, the one thing I wanted to be was, captain of the Australian cricket team that was my goal and dream and I got to 18 and realized that I wasn't getting picked in things and started to lose the passion for it a bit because it was very much a significance driven um, goal of mine and then lost the passion for it and decided not to stick around and keep doing it just for the sake of it and quit it same with the old job I used to have at the chemist it would you know make me yeah we're just bring up a lot of negative emotions in myself, which I know I'm in control of at the end of the day, um, but I just didn't feel aligned with it. So I quit that. I even handed in my resignation for personal training um, yesterday, because again, that's something I don't feel aligned with anymore. And, you know, it's something I could keep doing. I don't hate it and it doesn't, you know, I don't wake up feeling sick or with anxiety and stuff like that. It's more so I just don't feel aligned with it. So for me, it's like, why would I, bother flogging a dead horse and mm. um, keep doing something I'm not aligned with, whereas I can change it, which obviously has a big element of risk involved with it. But because I'm more aligned, things are going to align and I'm going to be able to move forward at a pace I haven't been before because I've been held back by the lack of alignment. So I think, yeah, people shouldn't be afraid to make a change, even if it is a big change into uncertainty and risk and the unknown because you'll find yourself in that alignment and that's I know in the past when I've made those big calls that's really helped me and I've um yeah found myself again or quitting uni is another one yeah I quit uni last at the end of last year because again wasn't aligned with at the time when I started uni it was what I wanted to do and I was aligned with that but my life changed a lot and I changed a lot as a person and therefore it wasn't aligned with where I wanted to go anymore. So I was like, well, what's the point of continuing to do it? You know, I could, and everyone's like, Oh, just do it. Just finish it. You got two years left, come out. Um, and you know, you'll get your degree. And I'm like, what for? Yeah. I'm not going to use that degree. And they're like, Oh, you never know. I'm like, I do know. Yeah. I'm not going to use that degree. And if in five, six, seven years time, I change my mind, I can go back and do it again. <laughs> It's not like I'm never going to be accepted into it again. It's like if I change my mind, I go, actually, it is what I want to do. Yes, technically, I'd have to start again. But at the same time, if it's really what I want to do, then that's okay. I think that matches up with the book we've both read recently, which is Business of the 21st Century. And when you hear a lot of people talking in that way, it's like those people exist in the employment and the, um, the self-employed box where it's like, the main value is safety, like safety and certainty. And yeah. And it's a generational thing as well, because back in the day, like I still know that um, both of our parents probably, even though they're awesome people, they still exist in um, 
believing that well you may as well hang on to that just in case it's like well no not just in case like we will make whatever we're doing work and embracing that change of moving into the uncertainty and the risk and and while it seems like yeah there might not be some grandiose plan that is life in its essence of like being able to um withstand change or move with the change like you were saying like you change Mm. so you need to go like what do I actually want now what was I doing it for before and does it still feel aligned with my purpose and um yeah and I think it's uh it's such a such a cool progression because it shows you that you're not just doing it just because or just for ego or significance or whatever it might be because a lot of people hold on to that stuff yeah. and it's like another thing that I've changed I've changed where I, I've lived multiple chi- multiple times mm. I've lost a lot of friendships which I'm glad that I did lose because looking yeah. back they not that they were holding me back but they weren't serving me in terms of the person that I wanted to grow into and become yeah. you know I'm very glad that I had a fallout with them not that it was like messy or anything to an extent I mean they just didn't really want to speak to me. I had no issues with them. It was more they had issues with me wanting to spend less time with them. So they kind of just, um, I guess, rejected me on that front. But to be honest, it was for the better. And I'm glad that I didn't really make the effort to get back um, in touch with them because I know that it's not going to serve me with where I want to go and who I want to become. And it's just not in alignment again. And even, you know, the places where I was living, it wasn't in alignment with my goals based on certain things around that so it's just about um yeah I, I feel like that's some something where a lot of people will hold on to that for too long mm-hmm. um and they'll go oh you know it's not it's not killing me so I'll just stick it out and you know it's good enough kind of thing whereas you know my mission in life is to empower people to go no fuck that let's mm-hmm. go above and beyond what we thought was possible for ourselves let's not settle with good enough let's strive to be the greatest we can possibly be and not just reach our potential, but eclipse it. So it's like, for me, when I see someone that just settles and goes, oh, you know, it's good enough. I'm happy with the way things are going. It's like, no, let's yeah. let's go above and beyond this. Don't settle. If, if you're not in alignment, find a way to become aligned. Even if you lose a friendship, even if you lose a job or something like that, it's actually for the better. You might think it's for the worse and you might take a massive financial hit, but you never know in two years time, you could be earning a million dollars a year mm. because you're doing something you're fully aligned with, even though you were broke. And that's again, what Robert Kiyosaki talks about in that book you mentioned yeah. is that he was, but him and his partner were living out of their car. Four years later, they were earning millions of dollars a year from Not their financially business. Financially free, like because they had a vision in mind and they weren't listening to the people, I guess, who they didn't look up to where they wanted to go in life. So it's like if you're looking up to people who aren't really Mm. going where you're wanting to go but you're still hanging around them, you're probably not going to achieve what you want to achieve in that regard, like whether it's financially or in relationships or a career or whatever it might be. They refused Um, to get a mm part-time job because they were like, it's not aligned with what we want to do. Like they could have got a job and not have to live out of their car and be homeless, Yeah, but they were like, it's not in alignment. So not going to lie, I did think. So, Tom, should we be living out of our car? <laughs> it was a thought that crossed my mind too, and I was probably like, "Look, to be honest, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a part-time job." Yeah. <laughs> but um, because yeah. also in that podcast that um, 
I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but the one that Chaps sent us, there's one guy that goes, fuck camping. Camping is just like basically where you pay to be homeless. <laughs> Amazing, but I love camping. I don't. <laughs> well, see you later. <laughs> so that's where I'm just like, no, let's not be homeless. <laughs> I reckon I'd be good at being homeless, to be honest. I feel like I just people already look at me and like, are you all right? Um <laughs> look, it's it's humbling. <laughs> but like in the small things of letting yeah. things go, like um an example of what Tom and I did this morning was clothes that we don't wear we put you know we put them in a bag and it wasn't just like oh I don't really wear them but I'll hang on to them for the rest of my life just in case it's like get rid of them because and this is like old beliefs this is friendships that's and, why I had them for so long yeah and I was it's like you never know clinging. when you'll need them and it's like I've right. worn this shirt once and once you let them go it creates space for whatever else you're wanting to bring in or whatever other intention monarchy yeah for sure me it's just like more men's shirts <laughs> actually you should have given me your clothes oh, rats um there are any basketball singlets <laughs> it's all right uh, but yeah it's you know if it is something that is quite new to you there's going to be different personalities that need more radical change it's going to be people who need to take it slow like i think something that we talk about with the team a lot as well is like because it's we're in it for the long game it's okay to make those small changes like to make that one percent difference every day because then if you do that it's the infinite game yeah like what simon snack talks about it's not about winning in the short term you know like he uses apple versus um what company was it i think it was like ibm or something like that and he goes like, um, oh, who was it? No. It wasn't. I know. It was the, I forget who it was, but there was a company that brought out an iPod basically before Apple brought out an iPod. And no, actually it was just after Apple had brought out the iPod and they brought out this state-of-the-art one that was way better. Like yeah. just, yeah, like what everything was about Sony, it was, there's something like that. I don't think it was Sony, but. Yeah, there was a company that brought out a product that was way better than Apple's iPod. Yeah. And Simon went to the um, the conference about this and they gave him a free one. And at their conference, they were just like, this is how we're going to beat Apple. This is how we're going to beat mm. them in sales. This is how we're going to, you know, the market share, we're going to win the market share. And, you know, they gave him the product to try and he was like, wow, this is awesome. And then he went to the Apple conference about their new um, iPod and they were just talking about, the next iPod. So they were saying like, this is our current one, but the next one, this is our vision. This is our vision for the future. Our mm. vision is that everyone will have music in the palm of their hand and it's going to be you know, this yeah. quality and everything like that. They didn't even talk about a different company. Yeah. And then Simon, they, again, Apple gave him a free one and Simon said to one of the guys in the taxi ride back to the hotel, he goes, i got to tell you, man, like your product sucks compared to this other company. Yeah. And all the guy said was, I know. Yeah. That's like right. he didn't say, oh no, really? Like, tell me about it. We need to change it. He goes, oh no. Yeah. Because they're not, they don't care about the other companies. They just care about innovation and becoming better and just looking to the future and wanting to live out that vision rather than going, let's beat Apple, let's beat them in you know, market share and profit and revenue in short term. It's like Apple knows that if they're here for the long game, then 
they're going to be constantly improving. And even mm. Simon talks about um, him and this other author that used to have a bit of beef between them. Like every time Simon saw that this guy's books were doing better than him on the bestsellers, he'd get upset. Yeah. And then every time Simon's books were doing better, he'd get all happy and he'd be like, yes, I'm beating him. And, you know, he just wanted this guy out of the game completely. Like mm. he wanted him to, you know, completely lose so that, you know, he didn't have to think about him, but, you know, take him out of the equation and life will be better. But he gets to um, the point where he realizes um, actually by him being better, it makes me better. Yeah. And that's the infinite game. It's not about yeah. trying to beat him and the worse he does, the better. It's actually the better he does, the better it makes me. Yeah. And that's what a lot of other companies, even um, Ford as well, um, there was a time, must have been, I don't know, some sort of depression in the US where a lot of car companies were sort of a, about to go under. And Ford came in and bailed them all out and said, let's collaborate and work together. We, you know, here's some of our money. I want to help you guys. And some of them rejected it, even though they were about to go out of business. They were like, no, we're not taking money from you. Mm. Like, we don't need your help. And Ford's like, well, if you guys do this and become better, it's going to make us better. Yeah. Like even um, not Henry Ford himself, but one of the CEOs later in Ford was driving around. Um, he wasn't even driving a Ford. And yeah, everyone's like, right. you work, you're the CEO of the company. How are you not driving one of their cars? And he goes, because this one's better. Yeah. He goes, why would I drive an inferior car? This one's better. Yeah. And he's the CEO of that company. And he goes, by doing that, it made his production workers like, and other people in the team work harder yeah. to make their cars better. And that point of what you were talking about before of like thinking always what the other person is doing, like living in fear or living in comparison um, and then even leading with ego versus mm. vision is always, you're always like, you're already losing in a sense. Like, I don't like to say win or lose, but it's like, it's not going to be sustainable if you're operating from that space of, yeah, fear of comparison, because it's not coming from your true inner purpose like it doesn't really matter when you get to that point of getting so clear of like this is my vision it doesn't matter who else is out there because that in itself is like scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset and that's um, it yeah and it's always just like I guess you could almost relate it back to sports in a sense where it's more of a finite game and you can win and lose but we put it in perspective I would, and I'm biased, but I would honestly say the Australian boomers are the favourites to win the gold medal at the Olympics. We, I'm confident we'll beat Team USA and we'll win the gold. And I don't like, I could be wrong, but I don't think we've ever even medaled at the Olympics in basketball. If we have, it's only been a bronze. Um, maybe I don't even think we've made a final. Um, but USA haven't sent their best side. Like some of their best players simply don't, and Australia doesn't have all of their best players as well. But at the same time, we don't have our best team. They don't have their best team by far. Like if they put their best team in, they would win hands mm -hmm. down. But it's kind of like, even though we're a very good chance to win, to beat Team USA, assuming they get to the final as well. Um, even though we would win the gold medal for the first time in Australia's history and stuff, there's still that part of you that goes, we haven't beaten the best country in the world because they don't have their best players there so it's mm. yes it'd be an awesome win but there's still that part of you that goes I haven't beaten the best really and that's where it's like talking about surrounding yourself by others that are better than you it makes you better definitely if we were to play against team USA's best side 
even though we might not win the gold, it's going to make all of our Australian players better because they'd be coming up against the best going, even if they get blown out of the water and completely flogged, you go and then go and review the game footage and go, all right, why did we get smashed? Yeah. Like what happened here? Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm, I'm confident we'll win, which would be awesome. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know how the players feel, but I know deep down America can put out a much better side than what they're putting out. But like the message in that too of what we're talking about on our Wednesday wisdom is like surround yourself in people with people or environments that are going to raise your standards. And something that you always talk about, Tom, is like I aim to be not the smartest person in the room but the person who's willing to learn the most because if you're the smartest person in the room and you're leading everyone it's like well everyone's going to be relying off you and always looking up to you and it's like how do you actually grow from there who are Mm. your mentors who are you expanding your knowledge with and getting challenged by and and that's what we aim to do with the people that we surround ourselves and it's not always comfortable it's not comfortable to change friendship groups it's not comfortable to you know not have as much contact with the people that we might have used to speak to but for us to get where we're wanting to go we need to hang out with people who have similar visions or who have achieved those visions and who can show us the blueprint or show us how they live their life so that we can go oh okay like that's how we do it and you know that's gonna make us better leaders for the ones of Um, who are looking to where we want to go and it's this perpetual cycle and this is why we both love networking and um, and making that a real focus of where our vision is going in the future Um, so even Tom Bilyeu as an example for those that know Tom Bilyeu's story basically he was quite insecure and not happy with the person he was so at a point in his life he was applying for jobs with an awesome resume just so the job interviewer would be like, you're way too smart for this job. You're way too good for this job because he didn't want to surround himself by people that were better than him because it made him feel bad about himself to an extent. Like he was just insecure. So he would only apply for jobs that he knew he could get because he was by far the best candidate. Yeah. So people, you know, like it'd just be like a supermarket and the person interviewing him would be like wow like you've got an awesome resume you went to film school you did like a thesis and everything like that why are you applying for this yeah and then he got to a point where he goes actually this is not serving me and he met these entrepreneurs I'm pretty sure they were two Australian dudes funnily enough I'd love to know who they are but um yeah he met these two Australian dudes that wanted him to be a part of the company um they had this massive um building that they worked in that literally overlooked the ocean like every window was overlooking the ocean on on the edge of the water basically and tom billy was stuck in a computer room with no windows as the job Mm. he just had basically a makeshift table that was like one of those sort of fold away plastic tables that you can go and buy at bunnings or whatever in the computer room with all the cables and computers and stuff running he was working in there with no windows for the first few years of his job there and eventually he built himself up to be one of the partners of the company yeah. and then left the company and took those partners with him to found Quest, which became a billion dollar company. Yeah. So it's like surround yourself with the right people yeah. and you will flourish, even if they're way better than you and it makes you feel super insecure. You know, he could have looked at that and gone, man, this sucks. Like, you know. And give it time. Mm. Like you can't expect to go from 
wherever you're at now in your life to like billionaire tomorrow like unless some you get like you win the lottery but then again that's not the that's not exactly yeah wealth or like because yeah Robert Kiyosaki was talking about like well your wealth is measured in time essentially for for many people it's like if you've got a a thousand dollars in the bank and you're spending a hundred dollars a day then you've only got 10 days of wealth versus like living an abundance lifestyle and I just yeah it's like remember that that is the infinite game like Tom said it's the it's the long game it's not about just finishing something completing it then done oh don't care about my team don't care about the people I've met just care that I'm rich and can look after myself it's like no like abundance for me is abundance in all areas of life like feeling freedom within my physical self mental emotional able to give back to other people um and when you're able to give back it means that you're living from a very abundant place like within and yeah it's a cool place to be yeah i reckon we might leave it there and um yeah sounds good to me that is our wednesday wisdom for you folks and we shall see you next wednesday and hopefully it will be together again it's nice doing it in person with you yeah